This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is... You win? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Special, a series of podcasts interviewing legendary Chelsea players from the 1960s to the present day, and some of the famous and infamous Chelsea supporters who followed them home and away. The Chelsea Special is presented by Martin King, author of Hulufan, and Ozzy, the King of Stamford Bridge, a supporter since the early 60s and the godfather of Chelsea supporters, and David Stamford Chidge Chidgey, producer of the Chelsea Fancast writer for the CFC UK fanzine and known affectionately as the Podfather. Join us for a trip down memory lane with some of Chelsea's most loved and revered players as they share their love for the club we love. Over nine seasons between 1983 and 1992, 
Kerry Dixon became one of the best-loved players ever to appear for Chelsea. Following near relegation to the third division, Kerry joined from Reading for £175,000 as John Neal sought to rebuild the team. Kerry scored 34 goals in his first season as Chelsea claimed the second division title. Scoring an iconic goal against Arsenal at Highbury in Chelsea's first match back in the top flight, Kerry scored 36 goals to win the Golden Boot and took his Chelsea tally to 70 in just 101 games, earning a call-up to the England squad in the process. A serious muscle injury in 1986 hampered both Kerry and Chelsea's tilt at winning the title, and a mere two years later, Chelsea found themselves back in Division 2. Although player unrest nearly led to Kerry's departure, Chelsea and Kerry bounced back, with Kerry scoring 25 goals, as Chelsea won the second division title for the second time. Kerry went on to score 26 goals on Chelsea's return to Division 1 as we finished 5th, our highest position since 1970. In March 1992, Kerry's 193rd and final goal in a Chelsea shirt was a spectacular shot from the edge of the box to beat Norwich City. That summer, he was sold for £575,000 to Southampton. But that wasn't quite the final moment in the love affair between Chelsea and Kerry Dixon. When Chelsea faced Luton Town at Wembley for the 1994 FA Cup semi-final, lining up at centre-forward for Luton that day was a certain Kerry Dixon. At the end of the match that Chelsea won 2-0, Chelsea supporters broke off from their celebrations to pay a final tribute to one of the club's favourite sons. 40,000 voices rightly proclaiming that there really was only one Kerry Dixon. A fitting tribute to a true Chelsea legend. With 193 goals in total to his name, Dixon is Chelsea's third highest goalscorer of all time, behind only Bobby Tamling and Frank Lampard. He's also eighth in the club's all-time appearances list. Kerry, who I've had the pleasure of working with loads, actually. I mean, you and I have done a podcast for ages, haven't we? But uh, one of my heroes, as you well know. <laughs> um, but this, hopefully this will be slightly different from stuff we've done before, because I've got somebody who really knows his onions with me today, because Martin's been going since the 60s, Very the good. early 60s. So he outranks me totally. <laughs> but first question, we wanted to try and answer some quite slightly different questions today. Anyway, the first thing that occurred to me, particularly after hearing what Martin said, is, uh, you know, that deal when, Ken, when Batesy bought you from Reading, there was a clause, wasn't there, that he had to pay Reading 25 grand if you got capped for England. How did Batesy feel when he had to cough up that 25 grand? <laughs> I'm sure he was gutted. Uh, <laughs> but listen, at the end of the day, nine years on, he sold me for 500 odd thousand, 500 and something, to whatever the odd mm. was. Um, I think uh, he probably got his money's worth. He probably felt vindicated. But at the time, the 25 would have uh, would have hurt him a little bit, I should think. I bet. He wasn't known for liking giving money away, <laughs> was he? I mean, you know, it's a good question, because I mean, a lot of supporters, I mean, you know, like Martin, myself, we were around when Bates was around, and, you know, he, he's a bit Marmite. And a lot of supporters these days probably won't even have heard of him, you know no. what it's like. But what was what was your relationship with Ken like? Yeah, it was fine. Um it's been documented. He helped me out loads of times um, when I got in problems with uh, gambling and, mm. and debts and, and stuff like P- that. Post-career, post-football career? Um, no, during the time right. at Chelsea. No, right. he bailed me out a few times. Um, things like, uh, you know, we, we we did a deal. But the thing is, I mean, he, he was a shrewd businessman even when he did that. He knew that um, sometimes I got in trouble and there'd be, there'd be times when he'd be thinking... Well, I could do with him on another two years. So he says, uh, you've got problems. You can solve my problems. My uh, board of directors and uh, my vice presidents and vice chairman and all the rest of them um, need appeasing a little bit. Your contract comes with ending two. We think you're 
good enough to stay with us, as he put it, for a few few extra years. So I'm going to offer you some money, which you can take or or decline. Yeah. Uh, solve your problems because I know you need it. And uh, but you've got to sign in for an extra couple of years. I said, where do I sign? He said, right here. <laughs> the money you'll be able to pick up uh, within the next ten hours. Um, it'll be available. I said, can you do it a little bit quicker? He said, he made a phone call and uh, I picked up the money and signed the documents within an hour. Brilliant. That's fantastic. So, uh, I mean, Ken was shrewd. I mean, it, it, my, my relationship with him was great. Mm. And, and uh, around that time, you had Pat Nevin, Nigel Spackman, Joe McLaughlin, Eddie Niswicky. You all arrived at the same time, didn't you? Uh, yeah. I mean, people used to say that um, David Speedy arrived at the same time, but he, he didn't actually. There, he was already there yeah, the year yeah, before. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, there were six six of us joined at the time. Uh, that it was the John summer. Neil? That was under John Neil, it was it? under John Neil, yeah. but one of them was uh, John Owens. He actually yeah. made up the six, and uh, John. So he, he was, came back from Arsenal, yeah, as a player coach, yeah. and the five players, as you've already named, yeah, Spack, yeah. Nigel Spackman, Pat Nevin, Eddie Nisvesky, yeah. myself, and Joe McLaughlin. And you had a bit of a rocky um, relationship with David Speedy. Is that true? Was that the media it, making something out? No, of no, no. It was very rocky. Speedy has a rocky relationship with everyone. I, mean, <laughs> I don't think there's a person who's got two legs that he hasn't had a rocky relationship Is he with. He like that off the pitch as well. Uh, did, yeah, he, yeah. Get, he blows. <laughs> so if you went out on a, on a, and had a pint, would he be fiery when he was out and about? Good luck to you well, um, on that one. Yeah, he's listen. David is David. You, um, you talk about Marmite. I mean, I love the bloke. Um, he's, he's, a, he's, a good, he's a good friend of mine, yeah. Uh, first, three, first three months, it was it was a bit of a nightmare situation. He was big friends with Colin Lee. They used to travel in from Camberley down that way all together with uh, Nigel Spackman and yeah. that crew. I used to come from my end of the woods with Eddie Nisvesky and Joe McLaughlin. And yeah. It was a little bit like two camps because Colin Lee and myself started the season up front mm. and Speedo was on the bench. Yeah. Um, he thought him and Colin should play up front. Mm. Um, John Neal had other ideas. There was, was a bit of animosity. It came to a head in the Man City game where we swung punches at each other after the game and over a, he felt whether I should have passed. Obviously, when oh, he... come to near, come to blows then. Oh, yeah, yeah. When, it, when it, he thought that um, he was in a better position. But knowing what I know now, I, I made the right decision, I feel. I mean, he might not have scored. If it was the other way around, he definitely should have passed because I would have scored. That's, the way <laughs> I, that's what I told him. But, us, you scored twice on your debut against Derby as well, didn't you? You got 34 goals that season. We went up with, as champions. Yep, and great. how did you compare yourself to the great strikers around them, them days? Like you had Van Basten and all it in Europe and Mark Hughes and yeah, I mean, Clive uh, Allen and all the, those, Joe the, Jordan. Gary Lineker. Gary yeah. Lineker. Yeah, how I mean, did you compare Gary, yourself to um, the term, the term great and the term legend is, is questioned by... You are a Chelsea legend though, aren't you? Well, you know, there you go. I, no, don't, you are, I, I, I don't use the term uh, these yeah, we, things we myself. Can, no, we you, can. We well, can. you can if you yeah. like to, and it's very kind of you. I mean, legend and... I mean, people say legends and people say greats and yeah. who's, who's, who's a great to who and, and so on. You know, Gary Lineker was my mate. Uh, he scored 48 times for England, the second highest, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, time, yeah. Uh, third now, yeah. but the second highest England goal scorer of all time at the time. Yeah. Um, that is great. That's yeah. phenomenal for a kid to grow up and do that. Um, I was battling for a position with him. Uh, Sparky was doing well at United. Uh, yeah. Great. You know, United fans say great. Chelsea fans might say great. Yeah. It's, it's all terminology. Yeah. Um, how did I compare? Um, I thought Marco Van Basten was one of the best I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, comparisons, I wouldn't even dream of it. Yeah. Um, but listen, I did what I did and I tried my best. And, you know, a little bit gutted, if you want, about England. Um, but I was grateful for the eight caps that I got. I travelled with England for four years. Um, 
mostly a sub, um, but I got five mm. full caps and three substitute appearances. And how did you find a step up from Reading to going to Chelsea, which is a... I, weren't a big club, well, were a big club, but I, was I found the doldrums it, a bit then. I it? found it comfortable, yeah. I mean, yeah. You weren't but, didn't fill out your depth or nothing like that. You were confident if, in if your you ability. Ever, if you ever get to know me... Yeah. Um, I've never been shy in confidence and stuff that. like that. No, I mean, <laughs> if I failed, I failed. It, yeah. it wasn't a problem. Was you, you know? nervous about anything, or was you anxious about? You have to be up? nervous. You have to have a, a, a degree of um, butterflies, if you like, yeah. a, a little bit of an adrenaline surge because you're going out like the Arsenal game the season after, the first game at Derby. There was only fifteen thousand fans there. Yeah, um, there were a know, few more but, at Highbury. It was, it was full house at Highbury. Oh, that was the season. Did that... you describe that goal to us? Because oh, everyone that. wants to know about the Kerry Dixon goal at Highbury. Yeah, well... That was unbelievable. Your, your favourite goal, wasn't it? it is it your favourite goal? It's my favourite goal for Chelsea. Um, my favourite goal of all time was my first for England. Right. You know, for, and it, it was, that was against West Germany. And it was a tap it? in and nearly yeah. missed. And it went in yeah, off the yeah, post. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Yeah. They, Horrible but, goal, but great goal. Hang on. They're all From great From here goals. on in, I'd, I'd scored goals. for England. Exactly. Yeah. So, you, on your it. debut. And yeah. listen, yeah. I, I was made up with that. Yeah. But in terms of what it meant, um, not necessarily the quality of the goal. It wasn't the best goal necessarily I've scored for Chelsea. But we were back. It made a, it made an announcement. It, it, the amount of people that were there to receive that announcement, yeah. in the clock end and everywhere else. Well, I was in the good, in the West goodness me, there was... Up in the sea, so I even saw scuffling in the North Bank, which was normal then. Yeah. Um, it was incredible. Yeah. Chelsea fans were everywhere. You, you, the whole day when the when the team bus pulled round the corner, um, it was a sea of blue uh, all the way up the hill, coming down. You're trying to get to the changing rooms. I thought, goodness me! And when you come onto the field, brilliant. The singing and the noise levels were fantastic. And of course, when the goal went in. Oh, I jumped, but it seemed like everyone was yeah, jumping. Yeah, I yeah. mean, everyone was in the air. Yeah. It, it, I mean, the picture on Ken Bates' wall and a picture that is quite synonymous with that particular game yeah. um, is, is well rehearsed and well, well shown. With the arms up. Yeah, yeah, and the crowd in behind, it was like going crazy. And I mean, anyone who was in there, the people who were in there... Well, oh, apparently, there are, if you work out how many were there, it's about 400,000 at the last count. Yes. Well... You know. I think, yeah. <laughs> but there were was about there 15, 20,000 Chelsea in there. Yeah, that's right. It was incredible. You Did said any of the players have hangovers from the night before? <laughs> uh, I'm not really Did sure about that. I wasn't really a drinker, you know. Well, I started drinking at about the age of 23, the year I joined Chelsea. Yeah. I used to be uh, soft drinks, lemonade and lime and things yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I think, it, I don't know if it was Chelsea, Ken Bates or a mixture of all of it that actually started me on so pills and lime and then it, it developed yeah. from there. Yeah. Look, you said something a minute ago, actually, which I think is really important to kind of emphasise. And there's a sense, actually, Kerry, that, you know, in that game against Arsenal, that you realised not just how important it was for you to, I mean, you know, back in the first division, yeah. proving yourself at the highest level, if you like. But it wasn't just about you. It was also how important it was for the club as a club and for the supporters. I mean, I think that that's perhaps what sets the difference between your generation of players and perhaps the current generation. You got what the club was all about and what the support was all about, and that seemed to be really important for you. Is that, is that a fair point? Fair point, and very much so. Um, the people who realised, you know, um, when we was coming up from in, in the second division, <clears throat> the travelling support was quite amazing. If there was 3,000 allocated tickets... 3,000 and or to 5,000 were sold or 5,000 people went if there was 8,000 available at certain places there'd be 10,000 mm. up there it, it was incredible the amount of people that were following Chelsea in the second division now you asked about 
Reading the transition. Reading had good support and they were decent. And, but nothing like what was gathering at Chelsea and what, what the draw was as the season went on. I, I mentioned 15,000 in the opening game. Well, within two months, six weeks or two months, there was 40,000 in every home game. Wow. And it was Newcastle game was the first big and we beat them 4-0. I never scored, actually. Pat Nevin, wonderful dribble. And that was the pro- run, wasn't it? Oh, the run. He caused havoc with their defence. He, yeah. he beat one of them, I think, three times. I think he just fell over because he was so dizzy, their fullback. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, the crowd, it, 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 was, it became synonymous and part of it. And, and the Arsenal game, you didn't know what to expect. You knew that there'd be enough. But the sheer euphoria of it, and you say what it meant to people... I knew, talking to fans and talking to people, mm. we're back, we're in the second division. Hold on, we've just we've just equalised, or we've just drawn afterwards, at a team that challenges for the title, the, the Arsenal, yeah. at their own, mm. in their own backyard, and Chelsea... Very were, expensive signings. Mariner, Woodcock, and, you know, they had some good yeah. players, great Pat Jennings, they had a yeah. very good side. International. Inter- international, international side. Yeah. And, this team that they didn't have Doug Rugby, mate. No, they never. The no, but he, he he let them know that he was about, <laughs> and certainly let Viv Anderson well, that know. Well, that He nearly put him in the Rosette or tried to. Yeah, Viv tells a story about it, and when he, he got hit by this train on the halfway line as he went to, on an overlap, but he didn't know what 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 hit him. He said uh, he told me, "What have you signed at left back?" He said, "As a player and a person, Doug Rugby, nice fella." Doug was a diamond, really nice bloke. Um, as a footballer. Really nice bloke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, quality. Kerry, just, just to kind of hop back a bit, because, you know, you were talking about, you know, number one, uh, you know, where how hard it is to rank yourself amongst others. And actually, just to I remember, never would if I'm being honest. Yeah, you know I know. That I know. You, myself. You, That's for other people you, to do Exactly. That. And you are, you've got a lot of humility for somebody who achieved as much as you did. But there were some fantastic strikers around. Now, if you hear about the talk nowadays, Martin, about, mm. well, you know, we need, a, we need a striker who can get us at least 20 goals every season. Let me just read you this, right? This is your career stats, right? 84, see, 83-84 season, you scored 34 goals. 85 season, this is back in the first division, 36 goals. In the first division, this is total, 24 in the league. Plus all the I think 20, 23 the year after because I got a stomach injury in 86 yeah. at Liverpool. 21 goals in by January and only yeah. two afterwards at United. Exactly. So that I, do season, this, I do know yeah. the stuff. That season, you're right, you were injured. So you, you scored I was top scorer like, in the league again. I was, I was yeah. four clear of Gary and I, got, I tore my stomach muscle at yeah. Liverpool. And you, but you still got 23 goals that season. 88-89, promotion season, 28. 89-90, back in the first So you had one, two, three, four, five seasons out of the nine you were with us. 25 over plus. 20 goals well yeah what would he be worth today yes, I was just going to ask you, what, what would, would you, you reckon say? he'd be worth today well, I don't know if, um, if Lukaku can go to wherever he's gone but he's got a good record for, for Belgium and, and not, and knocking like him, not knocking him but if he can go for 75 million or whatever it was well you know again it's a thing price tags and the rest of it what's, who's worth what to who and how much they're prepared to pay for him um, you know Batesy United were in for me and Rangers were in for me and you know some other people were in for me um, while I was at Chelsea. Arsenal, Bates, 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 Bates blocked everything. Uh, he, apparently he blocked you to go to Arsenal and he blocked you to go to West Ham. Was that true? Or? Yep. It he, was. he sacked John Olives a couple of weeks later. He told yeah. me he was going to do that. I, he said be quiet about it. But you know, um, Would you have gone to Arsenal or West Ham? Good question. <laughs> Would you have gone? Um, well, the way the Chelsea fans loved you. Would you I didn't want to go, put it that way. And, and, I felt I was, and I felt I was trying to be forced out. 
Um, but, but not necessarily by Batesy. Just to kind of step back a bit, because what you know, what a lot of the senior players, there were a lot of fallout, a lot of turmoil around the club at, yeah. at that time. What was that all about? I mean, is it just simply John Hollins' management? And early, and early Wally, without shadow And early Wally mainly, yeah. No, I'm not going to blame Ernie, I'm not going to blame John. John Hollins is an absolute lovely man, he always yeah. has been. Yeah. Um, he goes on record, he, he, he wasn't my favourite manager. Yeah. He, he, you know, if you want it on record, you've got it. I've told him to his face anyway. He's the worst manager I've ever played yeah. under. And uh, and Ernie, Ernie, I got off great with. But he upset Speedo, Spackman, Nizvesky, and, you know. How did he it, upset Ben Curry with his tactics? Or yeah, they didn't, like, or? They, they didn't like the way he approached things. Ernie was all right with me. I, he was rough and ready and, you know, get in and do it or you'll be back for training. I, I was all right with that because I would do what I would do. The others, Speedo would, would row every day of the week. Um but you know, every now and again, he's fell out with Nigel. He's fell out with any other thing. But it was just his style. But John brought him in to be that type of man because John was such a nice guy. He wanted some abrasive character Soldier around the place. Type. And you know, in, in certain worlds, that would have been the dream team. You know, you're a nice guy. Let him do all the dirty work. So he did the dirty work. People were arguing with him. But then John should have stepped in and sorted it out. And he didn't do that. Um, I just laughed a bit, but it all become the place become a shambles. They were singing songs. Um, we were walking down the road and they were singing, uh, um, "Please release me, let me go," and all that. And there was like, <laughs> Johnny Hollins and Ernie used to be in their room. We were at Harlington, and all, the whole crescendo. You're going to please release me. There's about fifteen players singing it. And what a, uh, I, mean, I don't know about what you remember of that. I mean, a, a lot of us were gutted. Because we ended up we getting relegated so, because of it. Yeah, exactly. You know, Bobby, Cam Bobby Campbell came back up on, in 88-89 yeah. season yeah. with the same players, bar two. Yeah. The same squad that went down, yeah. Yeah. a little bit of arm around a few people, yeah. and yeah. you know, a few faces had changed because Speedy had gone, Spackman had been gone. Eddie Nisveski had injured his knee, yeah. but he came. He replaced him with Dave Besson, who had come in the season before, but we went down with him. And we had Roberts and Nicholas, the only two players changed from the squad that went down. Stevie Clark, Tony DiRigo, Clive Wilson, myself, Gordon Jury. We all went down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yet the same team come back up as champions. We didn't lose for a run of 26 games, and we finished the year after fifth in the first division yeah. again. Which well, is the think, best that a, we did in your time, certainly. As well, we Chelsea. were challenging for the title in 90, up until a, a very dodgy Easter. Yeah. Uh, anyway. West Ham, QPR. Uh, West Ham, QPR. Yeah. Gee, Roberts oh. and uh, Peter Nicholas added a bit of steel to that side, through the centre. They added what was ever necessary. Graham Roberts was a very underrated footballer was, as, a, yeah. as a man. He was a very good captain mm. and a very good leader. And Peter Nicholas had similar qualities. Yeah. They came in as captain and... Vice captain. That's what I'm saying. Added a bit of depth and st still. A bit more good. They come on a bit of. Yeah, yeah. You know. A bit of a... Um, but the most important thing was Bobby Campbell. I won't get away with that. And, you know, she credit to the man. He, he was one of the best managers I played under, yeah. and he was underrated by Chelsea fans. Yeah. He, yeah. he soothed the dressing room that was hostile. Yeah. It, Which is no mean thing. And it was. They were internationals. Pat, uh, Pat, Pat actually went. Um, I'm not quite sure when he went under, under Bobby. Oh, uh, after what, Middlesbrough, what year, wasn't it? Yeah, after whatever year. Uh, but you know, Stevie Clark, uh, Gordon Jury, uh, Kevin Wilson, Northern Ireland, and myself, yeah. all international, international players. Yeah. And yeah. you know, you come into a dressing room hostile with that sort. You've got to be some sort of good manager to calm it all down mm. and then produce results. Although having said that, I think first six games, I think uh, we struggled in. Uh, We've got three points out of six games and then we went unbeaten for 20. 
Cheech. JK, in all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Cheech, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep. NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy, I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I think the first first win was against Leeds, wasn't it, up at Ellen Road? Walsall. Uh, we, yeah. I'm not sure. Anyway, yeah. Stats, you, you should know more. You'd know better than Mate, I would. But I think Walsall in the League Cup, we, we won in the League Cup game. Think, something yeah. along them lines. About five or something, wasn't it? You, not you, quite sure, but we won. You and, and then the run started. Listen, that's a good that's a good segue, actually, because I've always wanted to know this, because, you know, a lot of my lot, my generation, they... Uh, they loved the 80, 84, 85 team, you know, and the kit and everything. It was my best team that I well, played under. Well, that's, that's no. what I was, I was going to ask you that, because actually, statistically, the 88, 89 team better. was better. And yeah. then that you ended up, because the 84, 85 ended up sixth, 88, 89, 90 ended up fifth. fifth. So it, who do you think was the better team? Yeah. Was it the 84, 85 or the 88, had 89, more, 90? The 84, 85 had so much more potential. We right. were two fullbacks short. We it was an exciting team. You didn't know what we we didn't know how far we could go, where we were going to go, and I believe it could have gone right to the top if mm-hmm. it would if things would have panned out. John Neal hadn't been taken ill. Um, you know, I'm gonna, John Hollins didn't take over as manager, although he was the obvious candidate because he was such a great coach. Part of Very what it Chelsea. was, part of what it was, just move up one. Ian McNeil stay where he was. He was shunted to the side. Just, they were both joint managers, but Johnny Hollins was a the manager. They'd only come in, and it all just started to go down. But, you know, John messed me around from the point of view. He, he signed Gordon Jury with a view to replacing me. He tried to sell me, and then I knew that. And he went away. He left me out the last game of the season, just before the World Cup. I, I knew what he was up to. No problem. But then he wants the following season. He said... Things happen in politics and football. I haven't gone. I'm still there. Back for pre-season, but I know in the background. And it all starts to go a bit pear-shaped. You know, he's playing me, Speedy, Jury. He didn't know who to play. Then next, he's, Ernie's arguing with Speedo. He's, he's out the door. It, but I still know that 
I felt stabbed in the back. Yeah. And you go, how do you pull your, how do you pull it round for someone who's you know he don't really want you and he's trying to move you out. So why why was he trying to move you out? Don't ask I mean, me. I never I never knew. He never I mean, explained you, it. You he would deny on. it. He would deny it. He'd say yeah. I never. But you carried on banging the goals in way after that. Uh, I think there was a pew. I did score. You did. It, it, so it would be it would be eighty six, eighty seven under John Ollins. Um, I mean, you dropped off then. You got twelve and eighty six, eighty seven. But I don't think you were you were fit then, were you? You were kind of, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I got fit. And I went to the eighty six World Cup. You remember? Yeah. yeah. And I, I played for England in, during a time the following October uh, or, or November a time in Sweden, and it was my last England cap as well. So that particular period when I was in the doldrums a bit, I played for England, and Bobby Robson told me. It's make or break time for you. I'm putting you in against Sweden in the World Cup qualifier. Mm. And uh, we lost 1-0 out in Sweden. Yeah. We, we, we didn't win there too often anyway. Yeah. I did uh, miss one chance, but I didn't get many because Sweden were a better side yeah. on the day. Yeah. Um, but c- club football wasn't going great for me either. Right. And was it like pulling on an England shirt then, Kerry, for you? It was the greatest thing, and it still is the greatest thing that ever happened to a boy who grew, who grew up dreaming of being a footballer to actually mm. play for your country and to score. It, it's still the greatest feat. Planned the first international or plant race. Well, my first one, I, I was incredibly proud. And when John Orlin said you would pick the English squad, I, you know, how does that come about? Do you get a phone call, or does the manager call you in? And manager you? got called in the morning, and we were training, and uh, he got said you've been picked in the England squad. So I, I finished off training in a bit of a daze, really. Yeah, I bet. And I uh, went back in to get changed. I didn't sort of tell anyone, and then people started hearing it on. Teletext and things like that, which were oh, yes. days, you know, tele- club yeah. call, club there was call no, and teletext. There was no <laughs> mobile phones that were just, <laughs> yeah. you know, no, no internet and all that sort of stuff. And uh, heard it on the news, and it was in the papers the next day. The squad been announced and all that stuff. So. What was it like running out? Where was it? Wembley the first game? No, no, no. no it was Mexico. 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 Yeah. That was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how the, did you feel then? The pre-World Cup tour. You didn't run out. We walked out and uh, we warmed up. But it was in the Aztec Stadium when I got my full debut. Yeah. But I come on a sub against uh, Mexico in the game before. And I got that was one of my substitute appearances, 15 minutes. Did all right, actually. I'll come on from Mark Haitley. Well, him and Ray Wilkins were going back to Italy, and I, Robson told me, You're going to play the last game against the Germans. Yeah, I was nervous, but as I say, you looking forward to it. And the great thing about it was that standing in that lineup of players, as, a, as you do, against the Germans, and they're the other side of the referee people going along with the cameras, the TVs and the crew and the reporters and everything else. Panini stickers here on in, Kerry Dixon, Chelsea and England. Yeah. It was uh, yeah. it was incredible. It, it, the anthem made my head stand up on the back of my neck. Yeah. You know? I mean, we were, uh, you know, I think, I don't know, if you, I'm sure you know this because we've talked about this, I know we have, but the amount of pride we had in you playing for England was astonishing mm-hmm. because, you know, for, for one reason or another, Chelsea very rarely get Players, I mean, you know, back in Aussie's day, I mean, he was completely underused by Ramsey because he thought he was a bit of a, a dilettante or whatever. So the pride we had in a, in a Chelsea man playing for England was huge, you know. So Lovely. It uh, affected I'm, us as well. I think that's definitely. what I'm trying to say, you know. Yeah. And you played, in, you played in the World Cup finals, Kerry. Yeah. I, I played, never take that away. Oh, you can't take it away. I played six minutes. I, was, I had three touches and I never gave the ball away. There you go. So, I'm very proud See, nowadays, of nowadays on FIFA, that would give you really high marks. Well, Optostats, I'll be on 100%. Great, exactly, I'm a great player. Mate. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. When, how did you learn about yeah. you was leaving Chelsea at the South? Exactly Africa? that. Yeah, um, leaving. Um, it was in 92. Batesy had said, 
it was an end of season tour to Canada and I got an idea um I think Batesy had probably had enough I, I, you know I, I'd been gambling it it didn't really affect me um I mean Bobby Campbell used to say don't know how you don't know how you do it you know with what the problems you have in life and you know in terms of gambling and you know um and still managed to play football because I'd scored what I'd scored in 1990, 89-90 season. Um, Bobby was there part of it when he fixed it up to Batesy that, you know, sort something out for me, which they did, um, by signing contracts and, you know, making things available again. But because I, I had three and a half years left on the contract, um, I should have put, I mean, Bobby Tamlin calls me the man who kept him in business and, you know, I should have put him out of business and I should have, if I'd have stayed for three and a half years, I'd have put Frank out of business as well. <coughs> so Batesy... I decided he probably had enough. That's what I got the message because Bobby Campbell said, the old man's not going to sort, sort it out this time. I said, no problem, no problem. I'll just sort it out myself. But then we were on an end-of-season tour to Canada and they'd signed Clive Allen and Tony Cascarino was there and I thought to myself, that's all right, we'll battle for positions. They're, they're mm. good lads, both of them good blokes. And... Uh, Batesy, um, Campbell had moved on and Porterfield had taken over. And Porterfield mm. said, we're going to uh, Canada. Batesy's coming. I said, oh, no problem. Well, Batesy pulled me and Porter says, you, he wants to see you for breakfast in the morning. Batesy, I said, all right, be there, be there at nine. We're going off and doing whatever. It's okay. So I went to see, speak to Batesy. Didn't go with the rest of the team. And Batesy said, look, I know you've got three and a half years I'll cut cut to the chase. I've made a deal with Southampton for five hundred and seventy five thousand. Um, you can go. Um, how do you feel about that? I says, I'll talk to him. But I says I wouldn't hold your breath about me going. Well, what makes you think I'm going to go? I've got three and a half years left. Mm-hmm. He said, Well, put it this way, I've done a deal, which means effectively, I've done a deal. Um, we're signing new strikers. We, um, we've decided that we're not going to pursue you. We've got Clive and Tony and that, and we're getting two more in. And uh, we're spending a lot of money, and one or two, or maybe all three of you, are, well, could be surplus to requirements. Mm. Uh, but, uh, you know, Southampton want you. So that's the deal. Mm. I said, well, I, again, I'll talk to him. He said, well, put it this way, you'll never play for the club again. You'll be in the reserves, and then three and a half years, you'll, you'll do in the reses. Oh. I just went like that. Um, it was food for thought, but if I'd have known that I'd spent the money two million quid on Robert Fleck and Mick Harford, I'd have stayed. <laughs> and we would have been very grateful yeah. if you had. And I said, come on, yeah. us five would have done battle for the position. I think yeah. I might have done it. But listen, I, I wasn't playing great. Uh, you know, I did have a few problems off the field, um, and I'm not blasé enough but to did think... Did that affect your football? Not well, being nosy, but well, did not, it affect your football? Well, you... I've gambled all my life. Put it, you ask yourself your own question. Yeah. I gambled when I was at Reading. I got I got suspended at school for gambling with dinner tickets at the age of twelve. Right. Um, so I played cards every trip away. Yeah. We played cards home and away every game for every team I played for. Yeah. Um, does it affect me? I lost three thousand pound in listening to it on a mobile phone in the toilet at Oxford. Just before we went out, Bobby Cam was moaning at me because what are you doing in there? I said. I'm, Going to the toilet, I needed to do before. Well, the, well, everyone el- well, everyone else is warming up. I was listening to the horse race at 20 to 3. <laughs> the horse lost, I lost 3,000 quid. I lost 3,000 quid. It was one and a half grand each way. The horse come fourth as normal. And uh, I went out, we beat Oxford, uh, I think it was 4 3 or 4 1, but I got a trick. 
Yeah. So I don't I th- know, that's your answer to it. Then, it? I think 193 <laughs> goals says no, actually, yes. Kerry. But um, there you go. People might argue if you didn't go, if you did everything right, if you had the right food, yeah, you didn't drink. Know. You if might my, have had 293, yeah. but listen. If my auntie had bollocks, she'd be my uncle, mate. Yes. There you go. Um, I'm more curious about, I mean, actually, it's really interesting. I've never, I've, you know, I've known you pretty well, mate, and I've never yeah. heard you tell that side of it about going about leaving the club I mean, that sounds awful you have no say in it at all i mean how did you well, feel i did how have did a say feel about that well, i did have a say i've I mean, got three and a half years left like on a contract it. well yeah but you're not going to sit and play in the reserves because how, how old were you then 32 you're 32 so you you know you've got well, a I had to weigh it up. Well, listen so careers. i've had to offer me a deal over me a sign on fee which would have cleared off issues mm. and and give me a little yeah. little lump as well um they were in the first division it wasn't. They wanted me. Yeah. Ian Brandt, they wanted the me. Fans don't have wanted, uh, Southampton fans, no, not really. I didn't really hit it off down there. Um, I didn't really want to take on Batesy about the reses. He hadn't signed Fleck and Arford at the time. Um, it would have ended up an argument and three and a half years. I didn't look forward to it. You know, I, I just, I just made a decision. Go on, then. I'll go. Was he a man you could voice your opinions to, or would he get the ump with you? you oh, he'd get the ump. But, but was he a man, if you said to him, listen, I ain't going to do this, or I ain't doing that, would he listen to you, or would he get the ump and sell No, he'd listen. You'd have to listen, because yeah. you know, he'd probably try and sell you again. I don't know. <laughs> You'd have to ask him that question. But yeah. um, he was a good bloke. Don't get me wrong here. Yeah, yeah. He's doing what he thought was best for the club, but he, 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 in my opinion, he had a nightmare in, in, in that one. You know, mm-hmm. he had some nightmares. He had, he had some master strokes. Yeah, yeah. You know, but were you, were you sad to leave the club? I mean, oh, you had nine course. great years there. Oh, of course, I didn't want to go. But yeah. I, 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 was, I had Bobby Tamblin in my sights. So I was yeah. nine goals away from him. Were you uh, aware of that then? I mean, yeah, were you thinking course, about that? I was aware of that from, you know, when I got past Ozzy and yeah. uh, Roy Bentley at 150. Yeah. I, you know, it was, I was heading for sights. the next one. I was heading for Bobby, yeah. and uh, it was yeah. one of them things. I thought to myself, but it. It, that was probably my biggest regret. Not smashing Chelsea's scoring record and not putting it beyond Frank and anyone else who might come along. You because you could have three done. and a half years, if I scored 10 goals a year, you could, if I played 10 goals a year, that would be my worst three years ever at Chelsea. Yeah. And if I, if I managed to get game 10 goals in however many games I might have played, there's another 30 goals on top. Yeah. Um, you would have took some catching yeah. then, wouldn't you? So that would have I been. think so. Can I just ask you, after Southampton, you went to Luton... Yeah, and then you played against us in the semi-final mm. at Wembley. How did you feel about that? It was the most emotional day of my footballing life. I thought um, that as well. Not in, about in, in terms of emotion, in terms of endearment, in terms of, I still remember it now, and it still makes you know the hair stand up yeah. on the back of the neck. Were you a Chelsea fan singing your name? That's it. I yeah, couldn't believe it. Night. I couldn't believe it. And the noise, and you know. Why is he come across, you know, he's my room partner, Dennis. So yeah. My last three years at Chelsea, Dennis was my room partner. Yeah. He says, can you hear that? He says, that's unbelievable. Yeah, and I said, I can hear it. It's embarrassing. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. A, a player, a losing player on a semi-final could yeah. get that. It, yeah. it, it was. That just shows you what the Chelsea fans thought. It was know. incredible. And I'll, I'll never forget it. And, uh, you know, it, as I say, it made it the most emotional day. Yeah. I, the club I love against the club I supported, the hometown club yeah. Yeah. at Wembley, and the fans doing that, and we'd mm. lost the game, and you know, mm. 
And then, but, and then Chelsea fans in the moment of winning, really. And instead we of celebrating were, we, with their exactly. own players, they were singing my we name. Singing it, was, it was it was incredible. Yeah, yeah, I was there. Yeah, it, yeah. and it was emotional. And I, I just said to Dennis, "Oh, I've got to go off." I, I, just, I, I don't, I don't cry too much. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> I, I might well up a little bit, but I don't cry. I'm not one. I'm not one of these who kiss the badge. He's, he's old school. Man. Kiss Come the on. badge, cry <laughs> in every club and all that stuff. Love every ring. No, the the things that make you, that, that you do love, you love. I don't, you know. I'm not, I see it today. Oh, it's embarrassing. If you don't cry on a football field when you lose a semi-final, if you don't, if you don't play well, you don't win. If you don't yeah, exactly. cry about it, and fall down, and try and make out a load of emotion that is yeah. not really there. Because yeah, yeah, half of them are not there. They cry every game. Yeah. Pick a game of season, you get different players crying on it. Yeah. Get on with it, you know. But did you get a bit emotional? Yeah, a little bit. Not? I did. Yeah. 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 Who wouldn't, man? Yeah, I bet Crikey. you would. Did, yeah. Because right, it is. Right it's, un, it's unparalleled, Mark. I've never heard of it. I, I, before or since, mate. Honestly, never. I, I can't think of that. another example. Uh, of that. Uh, I, I've, I've been going to Chelsea. Said, you know, yeah. seventeen years after, yeah. you know, football retired from football and uh, in the hospitality side of things, and uh, apart from about a year off. Um, but other than that, you know, I've, I've not heard nothing like it. Not because it's me, but, you know, lots of people get good welcomes and people say to me, certain players go and come back and what sort of welcome will they get, what they want. And, you know, the chance to say goodbye, Frank, and you think, you know, JT's coming back, you know, things like that. Mm. You know, I, I don't know, but I'm happy with my lot and I'll never forget it. Okay. Mm. No, you are, you are a Chelsea legend, undoubtedly. Is he ever? I yeah. think you know exactly. Mm. Beyond beyond any doubt, and you're right though. What what you were saying earlier, Kerry, it's it's a weird word, legend, isn't it? It's bandied around a lot, but I think there are there are there are far fewer legends than people think. But you are one, my friend. Thank I'm you. just going to ask some fairly kind of general, quick kind of uh, bit like. Imagine you're in. Actually, it's very appropriate because you realised I think today or yesterday. Is the fiftieth anniversary of Shoot magazine or the fortieth anniversary of Shoot? <laughs> well, you yeah, you, you, you I bet you were in the Shoot, weren't Shoot you? Shoot and, and goal and yeah, match. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so it's magazine. a bit like that. I'm not going to ask you what Reader's your favourite dinner. I'm not going to ask. <laughs> I'm not going to ask you what your favourite dinner was, though. Like. <laughs> yeah, there was a few others, maybe. There was a few others about it. All right. So very quickly, uh, favourite Chelsea players, best Chelsea player you played with, who were your best mates at Chelsea? Oh, Joe McLaughlin was my room partner. Dennis yeah. was my room partner. Yeah. Don't make them your best mates, but they were at got the time on high, high on it. Um, Speedos. I, I didn't really. You got on with everybody. I didn't. Yeah, I did. I get on with. It wasn't a. I never had a, a best mate. No. Um, they were all good mates to me. They're all teammates, and yeah. they're still good mates. Uh, I, I don't really. I didn't really not get on with anyone. Is anyone you disliked? Or can't decide. Yeah. <laughs> two, two. Well, we'll leave it at that. Uh, it's not my style to say the, that, I, I dislike her. Uh, that'll be a quiz question later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wonder who they are. I'll, I'll, I'll about... give you the initials off here. So yeah, right. uni- one of them's universal for sure, and the other one's a bit of a steward. But... All right, okay. Well, after when we stop this, we'll ask you. <laughs> uh, what about the best Chelsea players you played with in terms of and, you know, and quality? Be- and best is another term that comes up, and you know, you've, people have asked me this question before. How can you compare. Uh, Peter Shilton, for example, who plays a guy, 1,000 games, 150 times for England or whatever, with Gary Lineker, uh, who's the best, uh, or Glenn Hoddle or Brian Robson, mm. or, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're talking about positions, and uh, no, so the best teammate, the best player you played with, the, David Speedy was the best natural partner I could wish to play alongside. Mm. Um, we, we were perfectly suited. Yeah. You know, he did things very well, which I didn't do so well, mm. and vice versa. Mm. And the match was, it was a dream. 
you know. Yeah. Um, it worked really well, didn't it? It worked well. Yeah. And Pat, of course, on the on the wing, you know, supplemented that yeah. with his finesse and his, and his ability and skill. Yeah. And he's a lovely guy as well. Yeah, lovely I mean, guy. absolute lovely man. Um, but you take it uh, in, into that who you played with. I played with Tony Adams, uh, the under-23s, which is not, not about now, um, in Iceland. He was the captain of the under-23s. I was an overage player. Um, what a player Tony Adams was. Mm. Best I played against as a, in terms of a centre-half. Um, Pallister and Bruce were decent. Um, there were a few... De- Lawrence and, and Hanson were decent at Liverpool. Um, but, you, you know... Who were the toughest John opponents? Barnes was a wonderful player, much underrated player, a bit benign at the time. He played 80 or 87. John, John Barnes. John Barnes was Massively a skillful. Player. Massively yeah. skillful. Glenn Hoddle, Brian Robson. Yeah. They talk about Captain Fantastic. What a fantastic player Robson was as an all-round player. People don't realise that he doesn't get the credit. No. Glenn Hoddle, because he's God and he's magnificent and great ability. But Brian Robson... Out, out of the three, he was automatic, and it was between Wilkins, Reed, Hoddle, who partnered, who partnered Brian Robson. Yeah. Well, if you think about how you know the rivalries and the tribal rivalries now, I remember because I was a lot younger then, I think. But you know, I, I loved Hoddle as a player. He played for Spurs. You, you, could, could, you could not say help that but now. be. I loved Robbo as a player. You couldn't say that now. No. Absolutely superb players. Well, say, could you? You know, they asked the question. Do you think you could play now and all the rest of it? Oh, the game's improved. The game's got better. The game's got quicker. What a load of tosh! Uh, um, you know, I totally go against that. Could mm. Could Brian Robson get in Chelsea's midfield now? Yep. Could Gary Lineker play up front? Yeah. yeah. So don't ask me the question because it's a load of tosh. Exactly. <laughs> right. Who's, your, who's the best manager you ever played under? You mentioned Bobby Campbell. No, John Neal was, was the best because, but he only had a year. Yeah. yeah. We won the Not championship in the second division before he get the chance to yeah. see what he could really do mm. at a higher level, perhaps. Yeah. Bobby Robson gave me the chance. I mean, much maligned Bobby Robson, but what a wonderful record he had. They had a good football, and, Brian and Olga, and, didn't they? <laughs> Well, he didn't know who the hell he was picking and stuff like that. He picked, they say he picked the wrong players, he called the wrong names, Mate, he did the tactics. Before, and yeah. you know, yeah. Look at his CV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he picked me for England. Uh, I'll, yeah. I'll, never, I'll be eternally grateful for a man who decided that at some stage in his life I should be the English centre forward. Yeah. Um, so he's, he's up there as well. Morris Evans played, picked me and gave me my league debut for Reading. Great manager as well. Great. Yeah. Terminology again, yeah, yeah. great for me. Yeah, and absolutely. your proudest moment as a Chelsea player? Mm, as a Chelsea player, yeah. proud. Wembley, ninety-four. Ninety-four. I was a Luton player. I know, but that's yeah. that's a really good point. We were talking about that. my proudest moment was yeah. Wembley Chelsea yeah. connection, but I was a Luton player. Uh, proud as a Chelsea player. Ooh. The Arsenal goal at Ivory? No, that was a, it. Was that's not proud. That was something that evolved and happened. Yeah. You don't get. A, it's not a proud. Proud is what happened at Wembley. Yeah. Um, yeah. Proud. It's you know the terminology you apply to certain things. It's not about you can't be. I'm proud I scored that goal. I'm proud I scored 34, 36, and so on. No, I'm what? proud I was top scorer in the league. But yeah. it, it wasn't a proud Chelsea moment. Right. Um, proudest Chelsea moment was standing in the Aztec Stadium for England. A Being a Chelsea fan. player. Great That's answer. a great answer, isn't it? And what makes Chelsea fans so special to you? You should know, you should know the answer to that inside out. Me and, and mine, and, and, obviously. And, and, I, <laughs> and I argue that with what makes Chelsea fans now. Terminology again, which is me all over. Question terminology, if you ever speak to me. I was like this as a player as well. Chelsea fans. Now, do you consider 
the 300 strong in Malaysia, who are Chelsea blue, the the 200 or 450 in Cork, Ireland, do you consider the Norwegian fans? Are they Chelsea? Are they, they're all Chelsea fans because yeah. the game's going global. Yeah. Chelsea fans, they make it all worthwhile for me. Mm. The Chelsea fans are the ones who've made it all worthwhile. Then and now. Then and now. Yeah, good, good answer, Kerry. So what do you Kerry. think of the modern-day Chelsea players or modern-day footballers now? Need to improve. In what respect? Not good enough. If you're talking this time, we're, it's going to be an indifferent season. It's going to be a tough season. Love, love the appointment of Frank Lampard. He, magnificent. And I like United doing Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Why shouldn't they do what they do? We've given it to an obscure bloke from Porto who happened to turn out to be our best ever manager. Um, Not AGB. You know, <laughs> you know the one. We've given it to a. We've we've given it to AG. We've given it to Vs yeah, Boas. Yeah. We've given it to lots of different people who turned yeah, out to be yeah. not so good. Yeah. You know. Um, why not Frank? Why not Frank? Yeah. Why the hell not? Right. And if he turns out to be great, forgive him this season because we can't buy him. We've sold our best player and one of our best defenders, and he's having some faith in the kids. Chelsea fans yeah. will and should overlook that yeah. and let him have this season and, and accept we will win some. And we will lose some. We will win some we don't expect to win, yeah. but we will lose some yeah. we expect to win. Yeah, no, it'd be yeah. like like it was in your day. Would I you reckon. go into coaching, Kerry? <laughs> you ever gone into one of those? Yeah, I mean, no, no. Oh, that's another side of it. Have I went you to done Don, your I went, Yeah, I went to Doncaster, dummy badges. I, can, I coached. Um, the politics behind the scenes at some of the lower football, yeah. Berry going out, of, and yeah. some of the things I yeah. see, there's a man who owned a club who's not even on the board of directors trying to pick the team, ringing me up, causing havoc, ringing players in the end. So oh, jeez. Right. If that's what they really have to go through, and good luck to them. I just ask you one thing about Great Wakering Wanderers, was it? Did you... Yeah, Rovers. Great Wakering Rovers, Rovers played. Yeah, I played for them. Uh, um, How did I dig that out? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that was coming either. Yeah, a friend of mine, <laughs> uh, Dave Cusack, used to be centre half for. Uh, Millwall, actually, um, was manager down there and asked me if I'd play a couple of games right near the end of the career. I was playing local football with St. Joe's, yeah. uh, Sunday League, and just keep myself fit because another person asked me to turn out. A bit of fun, you know, Sundays having ended up mad Sundays, but yeah. so why not have a mad Saturday as well? So, exactly. so great wakering. Great, great wakering, Letchworth, Hitchin, Lovely. Dunstable. Yeah. I, I played on all them on Saturdays. Football yeah. pyramid. I'm yeah, right. Brilliant. Final question because I need to wrap up really. Yeah. Uh, just to ask you about, you know, what, what makes the Chelsea fans special? What, what makes Chelsea as a football club special, Kerry? Um, people get out of Chelsea Football Club what you put in. And I don't mean coming for a season, get a few quid, come in for three seasons, get a few quid, go out. Yeah, the feeling you get will be reciprocated if it's genuine. Mm. Um, so you will get out of it what you put in. I'll, I'll just give you a little um, example. When there was a family day, there used to be things like that and um, before every season. It isn't a case of, like these days... Um, get security to make sure the players don't get near the fan. You can wave to them and you can sign one or two autographs and everything else. Fans used to turn up, lots of them. And they used to fill the stand or both sides of the ground and watch the players train and things like that. Mm. I, on numerous occasions, would be last man standing mm. and people were waiting for my autograph. I would sign them all. Yeah. Gianfranco Zola would do the same. I used to see in times gone by, yeah. similar days, family days, when I was asked to come and commentate, actually, for mm. club radio. And Terry and Lampard, when they'd walk through European 
airports, things like that would stop. And the security, come on, come on, move on. You would get certain types now with the hoods up, the earphones on, on the phone, just walk through uh, some, some quite popular, some not so popular, but they walk through. There's fans waiting, please, please sign order. Going out their way, might, they could, could easily get through, pick up their luggage and go. But no, the team's coming through, they wait. Sign the autograph. Mm. So you get out what you put in. Those that are getting out, you will find, are those that have put in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've always been struck, actually, by how many foreign players come over and then they leave and they always talk about Chelsea being their club. I mean, the best... Do you, but do you really like, believe it? Uh, I believe it with Didier. I yeah, believe Michael it with... Michael Interesting. I've, Ballet, yeah. I've heard him say it. Well, I mean, I how long was I, he there? Not very long, but I mean, he gives, seasons, I seasons. think this is the, well, the so Ballet could have been. I understand chance of Germany or, or, or closer to it. Or well, heading, he should probably be more Bayern Munich. So you would have uh, thought. So, but does he it, say that about every club he's played for? I don't. I don't see him do that. I really don't. So I, you I think, think he's, Chelsea's his well, club? Not as much as you are, for example. But that that would be understandable. Well, but I, I do think I'm not challenging your example. I think it gets under base against me. I'm. No, no. I not... think it gets under players' skin. That's the point. In a in a way that very few other clubs seem to. You know, a lot of people who leave this club, they always seem to talk about Chelsea very, very fondly. And I, and I think I've just noticed that all of them. Well, no, not all of them, but Gallas? a lot of them. Uh, who? Gallas, Did no. he play for Chelsea? I don't remember Gallas. <laughs> you know, who knows? Well, it could have been. It could have been his. But what you know, a lovely you, time I had there. Uh, yeah, you know great. what I mean. You know. I know what, what you mean, yeah. but. Uh, People pick wording, and uh, you know, I don't believe after toss that you know comes out. I look at all that stuff, and I don't, no, I don't, no, I don't. Exactly. It don't wash for me. For it don't wash for me, mate. I wouldn't ever kiss a badge, whether I loved or I could love them more than anyway. It don't make no difference. Yeah. What, what, are, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you doing? And the biggest questionable one of them all, I haven't said before, but I have said before, would I have celebrated if I'd have scored against Chelsea? Mm, good question. We'll finish on that, and you're not getting the answer. <laughs> Brilliant finish. Kerry, as always, mate, you've been fantastic. Thanks so much. Cheers, mate. No problem. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.